is up, everybody, and welcome in. We are back. Return of the Roar podcast. Myself, Chris Watkins, sitting across from me for the first time. This is not just like a podcast thing. Like, I have not seen Frankie Cardicelli in six weeks, I think it's been, right? Almost five. Almost five. Almost wow. Five. It feels like it's been 12. It feels like a lot long, longer. Uh, Frankie is back. We had a little, you know, a little hiatus. I hope nobody tuned us out completely, but honestly... We didn't miss much of anything. Uh, we missed the schedule coming out. Uh, we'll we'll get into a lot of the things we missed. Tyrese Halliburton had some comments, um, and then you know we've kind of filled out our roster since the last time that we've spoke. But nothing really too major. You kind of timed it perfectly. You you were out with uh, with medical leave, but uh, you are now back. And, I was on the uh, uh, one hundred percent back. You know, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good to be back. Had a little uh, little wrist surgery, which is kind of like a writer or a, a person in the media is kind of worst yeah. nightmare. But I, we made it work the right time. You know, Chris and I got to go to, to Summer League in Vegas. That was a great time. Got back, got it taken care of. Toyed with the idea of recording while on leave. Uh, RHR literally was like, nah. uh-uh, nope. Yeah. So we were not able to record, unfortunately. But, you know... Red tape's lifted. Yeah. The uh, the medical tape has been lifted. Yep. I'm back. You're medically cleared to play. I'm medically cleared you to go play. You were questionable last week. You're probable heading on Friday. And I'm probable. We're here. You're suiting up. And uh, it's game time now. It's game time. You know, you're in the game. And, you know, I'll have to check. I might have to sub you out, you know, just to make sure, you know, we don't want to push your wrist yeah. too, too much. Not but, too much. You know, just, um, just kind of keep someone nearby. Yeah. Um, keep ice ready. But uh, it's kind of funny. Now, yeah, it's game time, right? But we have, like, it's like a. It's like it's like an <laughs> hour. It's like, a, got, yeah. it's like an hour from game time because we have a month until things really start mattering. But um, it's it's kind of like I was talking to you and, and Jay Mars off camera, like uh, off camera, oh, off sorry. of a microphone. I'm looking. I'm looking at camera right in the face. It doesn't. <laughs> it's not even recording. Uh, but it's it's kind of a point in the off season now where you know the, the Kevin Durant news today was nice. This nice something to chew on that finally we know he is not going to be traded. I'm just ready for some news, man. Like that that week of of free agency slash the, the trade period, where the Kings over a 48 hour period signed Malik Monk and then acquired Kevin Herter, was you just feel alive, and I miss that feeling. And just looking at the schedule right now, because we're gonna go over some schedule notes, it's kind of giving me a similar feeling of I feel I'm starting to get that little flame flickering of of. Being fired Lil up. Wayne in the building. <laughs> you, know, you know how like every Lil Wayne song starts with him Weezy. like lighting. It's like the sound yeah. of the lighter uh, yeah, catching. Mula. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm, that's how it is. I'm ready to uh, to call up Lil Wayne and, and get things sparking. So yeah. not, not hand w- rub, not in that way. But, but hey now, <laughs> hey now. Uh, uh, well, maybe for celebration purposes, because uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we're only like a month out, and it's kind of. Did this offseason go how you expected it to go? Like, I mean, obviously, um, the Kings have improved in a lot of different places, but there was so much talk about, you know, it's, you know, the Kevin Durant, would the teams hop, would the Kings hop in as a third team? Uh, the Donovan Mitchell rumors, uh, just everything that ended up going on. Did it feel like, or does it feel like to you that the offseason is completed? Obviously, like it, it does seem like the Kings roster is set in, in stone, but um, you know, it just it I still feel like I'm waiting for something else to drop. I think that it's kind of fun because there's always the possibility of more things happening, but when you look at the Kings offseason as a whole, the the holes they need they needed to fill mm-hmm. were filled. They needed shooting. 
They bring in they bring in Malik Monk, who had a career year with the Lakers. They bring in Kevin Herter, who's been a good player for a while now uh, out there in Atlanta. And, and they're guys that can kind of bring stability to your roster as well, and they're here for years to come. They mesh with the young core. Uh, they retained... Uh, they retained Trey Lyles, who I think we talked about that a lot before the offseason started about how the Kings should bring him back. They have a third point guard kind of debate happening here, which we're going to talk about more uh, as we get into training camp. They bring in Kent Bazemore, which, by the way, they haven't announced that they have signed Kent Bazemore, which I think is interesting because maybe, again, like you said, they might have been waiting for that Kevin Durant shoe to drop, and now that that's happened – Maybe other moves that could happen. Maybe the Kings have a deal lined up for Harrison Barnes. We don't know. But where I stand right now, this roster, I I said this a year or two ago, so I'm kind of afraid to say it again. It's the best I've felt about a roster in a while. Yeah. it's It was the year with no, Dwayne, Dwayne sure. Dedman. I, I absolutely guys. agree with you, though. But I feel good about yeah. it. I mean, if you were to look at this roster right now, not to do this out the gate. I know we started recording and we're back after a month. But what are the Kings going to win? What would you project like this if you had to put it, not a, a win-loss record, but mm-hmm. kind of a neighborhood of wins with these guys on paper. Or, like, I guess you could yeah, do that or, like, right. a positional finish in the West. Like, the, where you. do you see these guys? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say 36. Um, I think that that's, that's kind of like a, a conservative number of, you know, like you said, we've seen this before. We've said this before. Um, we've had these feelings before heading into a season, and then – you know, how it plays out is always how it plays out. I can I you, now that you're back, Frankie, I'm back to sitting on fences. I <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. You left, but it's the same old me. I just feel like there is there's equal chance that the Kings end up with thirty six wins, or I really think that there's just as good of a chance that they end up with forty two to forty five wins, where they are significantly a better team. And we were just a little hesitant in the in the off season to really fully buy in because the team makes sense for how they're currently constructed offensively. I think um, with Fox and Sabonis and then a crap ton of shooters around them, uh, that's going to work. That's going to look really really good offensively. To me, obviously, defense has been the huge question for the Kings. They haven't finished, I think, above twenty five in the past. I don't even know. I think how many it's uh, years, since but... the drought started. They haven't been a top twenty, or they finished twentieth yeah. one year, but they have not finished in the top teens, like above twenty mm-hmm. in almost what seventeen, sixteen years. That would be this would be seventeen, Could be seventeen. Yeah. yeah. So to me, I think that's that's the one hole that this team has not. I don't want to say they haven't filled, but we haven't seen their solution to it. Unless their solution was hiring Mike Brown and then just kind of having more buy in all around. Which is is a you know that's not a terrible strategy. It's it's tough to bring in uh, you know straight defensive players, and then you obviously lose some offensively, especially where the Kings uh, kind of needed to address shooting as well. They kind of had to pick between the two of you know. There's not many three and D guys out there. There's a reason why those guys are so coveted. Um, and then you you know you get guys like Mo Harkless who definitely lean more towards the defensive side than the three point side. So. Um, I, I I think to finally answer your question, I'm going to say that this is like a 43 win team. I think that they're better than 500 at their best, at at their their best best 43 wins. Probably, Obviously this is all, and this can be said for everybody too, because I'll, you can use it as a excuse for why the Kings will be better. And you'll use, you can use it for an excuse why the Kings will be worse. 
Injuries happen. We cannot predict injuries. If Demonish Sabonis goes out for 20 games, that completely changes the trajectory of the season. If De'Aaron Fox misses 15 games, that changes everything. On that same token, if Damian Lillard gets hurt, if Kawhi Leonard gets or whatever, all of these things happen, obviously that repositions the Kings um, in a in a better situation, but you just kind of can't predict it, and all that they can really do is, is put the best team that they have out there and get the you know try and get the best results they can and i think that this team is at least suited to succeed how much they succeed is to be determined and and it is tough because they kind of have to it's not just like they're building from ground zero they're kind of building from the basement like they not only have to figure out how to be a good team they have to figure out how to not be a bad team and then figure out how to be a good team, if that makes sense. Like they're working from the standpoint of of they're they're three steps behind everybody else. Obviously, with with the baggage of being a 16 year playoff drought, they have to overcome that, and then also overcome the ridiculous amount of talent that they'll be going against this season in the West. Do you know off the top of your head how many games Demonis Sabonis played for the Kings last year? Uh, it was 14 or 13 or something like 15 that. 15 games. Wow. And it's incredible to think about that because where the Kings finish, it's like you just said, it's in, it's in, it's indicative on what Sabonis and Fox can do together. Because if those guys are on and they're healthy, if, if Sabonis can play, uh, he usually comes in around between 62 and 74 games on average over his career. If he plays 67, 68 games and Fox plays, let's say the same, 70 games mm-hmm. maybe. They're, they're going to be in the playing hunt, in my opinion. I mean, when you look at last year, Sabonis getting hurt at the end of the year, Fox getting hurt. We don't even know. Like It's kind of crazy to think about last year they might have been in the, in the playing hunt mm-hmm. anyways. So um, I agree. I think they're a 41. I'm, I'm looking at 500 right now, like on paper, which in my opinion gets you into the 10 seed or 9, yeah. um, just based on what we've seen from those those playing teams over the mm-hmm. like what past two seasons. So. I just looking at the roster, and even like Keegan Murray, we even talked about how Keegan Murray could be an X factor to his team next year. We we know he did in summer league, and summer league, of course, I know it's not the tell all. It's 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 just kind of like a small sample size. But having him as a true forward on the on the roster that can play three or four, uh, that's insurance that the Kings look to move Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. It, it's someone. It's insurance if if Harrison gets hurt or if someone else in the rotation gets hurt. Uh, I'm just looking at the depth this team has. Terrence Davis is somebody who might not even be in the rotation at yeah. all because there's a lot of guards now that are in line for playing time. Davion Mitchell is going to get probably 30-plus minutes per game off the bench. The The bones are there. The bones are there. Rashawn Holmes, maybe he yeah. reinvented himself to be a backup center, which would be huge. If he, if he does, he's a top-five backup center in the league, and I yeah. don't think that's even questionable. I, I think I said to my friends a, a week or so ago that – the Kings arguably on paper have the best center depth in the league. Don't mm-hmm. you think they have an all-star caliber center in Sabonis and the backup is Rashawn Holmes, who mm-hmm. he's a, a starter quality guy, he's a fourteen eight and a block yeah. block and change mm-hmm. per game. So on paper, looking good. Of course, we need to see what happens when the ball goes up uh, in a couple weeks here in training camp. Uh, but before we get to training camp, just kind of some general, you know, housekeeping. There were some comments uh, that <laughs> have been. I don't know. It's been going on literally for six months now. Like, wouldn't you say this has been going yeah, on for this, half a yeah, year now? On and off for about, yeah, the past. Ever since Tyrese has been traded, he's kind of been poking jabs at the Kings. 
to be fair, he's being asked these questions, and that's I'm going to give both. Tyrese Halliburton had an interview that came out with uh, Alex Kennedy, Basketball News. Of course, there's so many of these kinds of interviews, though. I'm I'm starting to lose track of of who said what because I think this is like the fifth or sixth thing I've read where Tyrese has said the comments similar to these. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is being asked these questions about the Kings, so he's answering honestly. My only problem with that is I think at a certain point you have to – I don't want to say it. I don't know if move on is the right way to put it, but move, yeah. Yeah, move on. you got to move on and stop giving these long-winded, uh, petty answers. I mean, people, how often do people get traded in professional sports? Every day? I mean, every day. So Every day. Uh, I have the quote right here, though. Um, the quote is – when being asked about, uh, obviously, his standing on the Kings, Tyrese said, Before I got traded, I felt invincible. I was playing really well. Right before I got traded, I had 13 points and 17 assists. They kept bringing up trade rumors, and I wouldn't even bat an eye because I'm like, there's no way they'll actually trade me. I wasn't worried. I think the trade made me look at having more self-awareness and realizing I'm not bigger than the ultimate picture. Later on, I'm looking at here. He, I mean, obviously... The Kings move him for an all-star center. The Kings needed to make a move. And even Davion Mitchell was on with our our boss, Nick Cattles, in in March. And he said that the three of them knew one of them was going to have to be moved. That being said, what Halliburton says next here, I just am kind of confused about because I think that they discussed it internally. Halliburton said on reflecting on the trade, quote, I'm not going to lie. For a while, it was just complete resentment towards, honestly, everybody in the organization from being quite frank even people who had nothing to do with the trade. It was resentment towards the organization as a whole, and that was so immature of me. It's funny. The other day I was writing down regrets I have in my life, unfulfilled expectations and resentments, and the only resentment I could come up with in my life right now is the Sacramento Kings. And it's like I don't want to hold on to that. If I'm being completely honest, the trade is such a blessing for me. It's a reason now to look at it that way, but if it's a complete, ble- it's a complete blessing to me to be in the situation that I'm in with Indiana. Um, and the last thing he says... I think for the rest of my career, the trades in my head, right? I think the great ones take little things, negative things, and run with them. It's funny. When I do things well, people are always like, look at what the Kings did. I love that stuff. That's what I love my whole life. I just love proving people wrong. Everything I do, I want it to be like, look what the Kings did. So it's all about he's kind of putting this thing in his head about being overlooked. I don't think you're being overlooked. The Kings needed to part with a critical piece if they wanted to bring back an important piece. And I think you and I have talked about it before. Why the hell are people skimming over the fact that Kings got Sabonis in the trade? Do people forget they yeah. acquired a guy who can sleepwalk into 18 and 13 a night? I just don't understand. Well, it's the fact that Sabonis isn't your quote-unquote superstar. Like, he is talent-wise and production-wise absolutely to that level, but Demonis Sabonis... I would say isn't even as sexy of a name as like John Collins, unfortunately. And I think obviously we've seen Sabonis play. I think he's head and shoulders above a player like John Collins. But I just think in terms of like the quote unquote like sex appeal of Demonis Sabonis, like it doesn't seem like name value wise you got you got equal footing. And so I don't know, you know, I don't think Tyrese thinks that Sabonis isn't a good player. I just think uh, he is. It's. I mean, all of these guys feel like they are the best and feel like they are deserving of being the face of franchises and stuff like that. And obviously Tyrese is, get, gets an absolute ton of love from media and fans and 
Um, you know, even even players across the league talk about Tyrese and, and how good he is. And um, I, th- I think that plays a big role in him thinking of what stature he is in this league and, and uh, you know, what kind of future he, he thinks he can have in this league. And, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think people completely just blow by the fact that it's actually kind of an honor I, in a weird way. Maybe that's not the right word, but uh, for a second-year guy to be traded for somebody who's a two-time All-Star. Multi-time All-Star. Didn't, the 26. Kings didn't have to give up any picks in this trade. Like, that's how much value Tyrese has. Also, like, if someone could be real with Tyrese for a minute, it he shouldn't be upset at all because – the Kings would have traded De'Aaron Fox instead of Tyrese Halliburton if Indiana wanted De'Aaron Fox. But they for sure said, no, we want Tyrese. We don't want De'Aaron. We want to have Tyrese Halliburton. He's the younger star. He's more controllable. He has less money that we have to pay him. And frankly, I'm sure Indiana saw him as a higher potential player. And so, again, Tyrese shouldn't be hurt at all. I understand, obviously, there's the the human side of this where Tyrese was drafted here, thought he was going to have roots here. Uh, he bought was, into the whole like losing. Act. Absolutely. Like, I want to change it. Yes. Which is great. And he thought that saying those kind of things, and I'm not saying he didn't believe these things, but I think he thought that saying those things would be the, th- would be something that keeps him around. He figured that I wear the J will shirts to games. I wear the Doug Christie Jersey to games. Rico Hines, he would wear Rico's jersey walking up to games. Like he bought in fully and like had the fanfare. He thought that that meant he was pretty much untouchable. And I think that is true to a certain extent. Um it's unfortunate that he feels this way for sure. Obviously, the Kings don't need any more bad PR than they already have, but it's it's just the reality of the league. It's he, you can't really be hurt by it. He's a basketball guy, though. Like he breathes, eats, sleeps basketball. Yes, how so does, true. How can he not? And I, know, I know it's super hard to not remove yourself mm-hmm. from like from a situation that directly involves yourself, especially when it's like an emotional one. But if he could just remove himself from this situation, and mm-hmm. he he could see, yeah, the Kings didn't want to trade me yeah. or trade Tyrese Halliburton. They wanted to trade. Probably De'Aaron Fox yeah. and offload that money and, and and kind of start fresh with with a again a pass first guard with Davion Mitchell who could kind of mm-hmm. slide into that he scored a lot in college we've seen what he can do when he's the primary ball handler or the primary uh, two guard one or two guard kind of score a little more those are your two guards you bring in Sabonis that'd be the ideal scenario right well no because like Fox has what four years and like a hundred and thirty million on his crazy, deal yeah. so that's not happening. So I think if he could remove himself and look at it and say this team needed to change things, they needed to bring in a legit big Mm -hmm. because they have not had a legitimate big man in probably, what, since DeMarcus Cousins left? Yes. Well, for sure since DeMarcus Cousins left. So, and that's what you, I think you said that when the trade happened, that Sabonis is the best player the Kings have had since DeMarcus Cousins. Didn't Mm -hmm. you say that? Yes. And I agree. So in order to do that, though, you have to give up talent. So Mm -hmm. I think that he obviously is hurt. The fact that he in this piece did say he is kind of learning to like not be so resentful mm-hmm. is good because that's not really the way to go about things. Is just com- like they didn't. He was a all due respect. Like I loved his game, but he'd been in the league for one year. Yeah. Like what the hell, man? Like why are you acting surprised? People get traded after the first mm-hmm. year or during the first year all the time. Mm-hmm. It just it happens. Like like a uh, Sabonis himself got traded after his rookie year. I mean it, this happens. So. 
acting like you're you're still hurt when Indiana comes out in the same piece and says you are the franchise player. Yeah. We want to build around you. I believe he, they said quote unquote the next Reggie Miller. They're calling him the next Reggie Miller in Indiana. Yeah. He's back in the Midwest. It's the perfect situation for him. Yeah. And I know that being drafted again here, buying in, him and De'Aaron would have been a fun combo, maybe if they would have worked. I mean, a lot of question marks around that, but I enjoyed watching them together in the short time they did. Um, and no doubt he's going to be a good player, but I'm sorry for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in almost 20 years. That's the, the price you have to pay. You have to move on from some situations sometimes. And hopefully he can understand that because, again, uh, he's going to get a standing ovation. Yeah, on November thirtieth, yeah. it's not the things he's saying is not going to change the the reaction he's going to get. Mm-hmm. I still fully expect on November thirtieth, every it's going to be packed house standing out. So can I also say too something that I don't know why it's bothering me so much, but the fact that he is saying that he wants to use this as motivation moving forward, I get, and he also tries to reference the fact that like this is what greats do is that they take things like this. I would like to push back a little bit on that in the sense of usually like the greats and, you know, I guess typically the greats aren't traded, but typically the greats pull from something that's a little, a little thing, you know, it's not something that's big and obvious like, oh, these guys moved on from me. You know, you hear the Tom Brady stories of, yeah, Tom wants to get back at every team that passed him because, you know, whatever, he was passed by everybody six times, but I feel like, you know, normally with this kind of stuff, it's I can't think of anything specific, but I remember in the last dance uh, them talking about how Jordan would get upset because just little, you know, who they decided to guard him, you know, who would guard Jordan or, um, you know, people getting upset that uh, stadiums already have balloons and stuff ready for celebrations. It's small stuff like that, not something major like, oh, these guys gave up on me and I think it bothers me so much because it just seems like that's that's a really big it is a big thing but to hold on to something that's so big and like use that as as your motivator it just feels like you it's almost too big of a of a burden to carry it's it's not that it's just not that serious so, yeah when eight years if if exactly if yeah. Monty's not with the kings anymore if fox yes, is gone totally. so bonus is gone like hypothetically in eight years that's different ty's like 30 still mm-hmm. in his prime in a, in a way is he going to still be coming to Sacramento and saying like, yeah, like yeah, y'all shouldn't have traded me? Well, it's like, you know what? I mean, it's no one's here anymore, man. Like, what are you talking about? There's a direct reference to Demarcus Cousins, and we you kind of see the weight that it. I think Demarcus still hasn't moved on from his. I mean, he had the statements with Mark Spears uh, at the I think in the middle of last year, um, where he you know still has a lot of resentment towards the Kings organization, and I think even said he wouldn't. Ever come worked, back. He wouldn't have, he said he would never have worked out here yeah. if uh, he could go back and change anything about his yeah. career. Or, I think he's his life. Yeah, which is so petty. He's like, I would have it, never worked out in Sacramento. Exactly. Like you can't. It's you just that's too that. much. That's too big of a weight to carry for that long. It's just like, bro, you got to move on. The Kings have moved on. The fans have moved on. I understand that this is obviously your life, and so it's a little more personal. And the Kings obviously kind of robbed Demarcus of two hundred million dollars, but. Um, I, I just think it's it's you know, he, it's something you gotta kinda move account, on for and it's accountability though. Yeah. He, he robbed himself of two hundred if he just could have yeah. not been so insufferable yeah. on the floor. One hundred percent. And I'm I mean, a huge DeMarcus supporter. Me too. I, he, yes, one hundred percent. My favorite player kinda I hate to say growing up, but from yeah, like yeah. from 
ninth freshman year high school till yeah. I was in college. Like, I loved watching him play. He was my favorite player. I mm-hmm. own that was the last jersey I bought. That was a Kings jersey. Yeah. So it's but you kind of have some accountability. And on that's not what with Tyrese is different. But the point is now you can take accountability mm-hmm. and you can kind of move on. Yeah. And you see people in sports all the time that are fully moved on, and they ask you about a situation. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a bummer at the time, but now I'm I'm so much more happy in the situation. Mm-hmm. It's like that's really all you need to to do. Yeah. Well, no, I think that's another so, thing too, and I think you you were pointing to that before we started recording that it's kind of one thing to have these feelings. I, you, I would I could say that there's a case that you're justified to have these feelings still, but it's also a whole another thing to put it on record. And you're saying yes, he was asked these things, but. You also don't have to tell the truth. You're showing that you are you are bothered. Yes. You're showing yeah. people that you are shooken up still yeah. half a year later yeah. going into a new season. Yeah. And I just feel like for if it was someone on the Kings doing that, like if Sabonis was saying, man, like, God, they really they gave up on me. I was their franchise piece, and they just yeah. like, discarded me like trash or something like that. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You're playing – Let's move on. And the thing is, I think both sides got what they wanted out of it. And so it's like, you know, in terms of the Kings and the – I don't know. I think everybody just needs to – yeah, everyone needs to move on, be happy. Like you said, Tyrese is in a good situation. He's closer to home. He's got his own team that that also is saying all the right things about him. He seems like he should be happy. The Kings are seemingly going in the direction that they want to go. They seem happy with Domas. Let bygones be bygones. Move on. And uh, let's call it a day. I think, and uh, I'm honestly, frank, frankly, I'm I'm sick of. I think this is a not a dumb talk topic to talk about, but I think it's a, a dumb thing for it to become a thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, it's off season for it's sure. Peak off season stuff, and like it's it's. Uh, I'm just, we need to get the training camp, yeah. and we need him to maybe another season in Indiana. We'll stop. People will stop asking about the trade, but of course, people are gonna. If no one's asking, buddy. No one's asking Buddy. As a matter of fact, De'Aaron Fox was joking about Buddy being traded the next day. Or was it the same day? Damn, Buddy, Alvin traded you twice. Yeah, he's like Alvin traded you twice. Clearly, you know, like De'Aaron doesn't have the same, you know, De'Aaron wasn't the one that was moved, but he doesn't have the same, you know, He to your point earlier too, he is a fan of the league. I'm sure he views it and Buddy kind of the same of just like, this is what happens, bro. Like, you get moved. Like, sucks to suck. Yeah, and and add Buddy to that list of also people you said gets moved in your first year. It happens. Dur- but he got moved, during, yeah, during, <laughs> during his rookie like season, Th- the Thomas Robinson yep. trade too. Absolutely, like, definitely different different kind of impact. Mm-hmm. Like Tyrese and Buddy for are, sure. Yeah, even Buddy's like a way superior NBA player, of course. But uh, but I digress. Um, anyways, that was good. I, I'm just I, I had a thought it was about I don't know I think I lost it though. That's right. Do you need a sub right now? You're rusty. You're right. I know. Yeah. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. No. Um, oh, yeah. It was about Fox. No, Fox. Uh, Fox has been getting some workouts in. I mean, I know like the oh, whole, like, yeah. oh, they're working out. But no. he's not posting, like, workouts. His his wife now, yeah. wife, has been posting updates on social media about how they had to cut their honeymoon short. Because mm-hmm. Fox is looking to get back in the gym. And yeah. he... Well, no, he was in the gym yeah, on, I believe on his honeymoon. I, and with, I feel bad because, you know, being... You know, I, I like cut our YouTube clips and stuff. And uh, I think the morning show had a clip where they were talking about it. And I used the same term of like, he cut their honeymoon short. I really don't think they did. I think he's just 
like I think it's part of their honeymoon. Oh, I think she no, she's all yeah, for she, it. I mean, yeah, she's in the gym posting the pictures with she him. Was saying, I think like, she we, ran with like, him we, the other day. Like we are, yeah. like she's with. I mean, and she was a player too. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She played so, at Cal at, at, in college. They're they're getting the work in, and I'm excited to see Fox after. You know, I I think we really saw a side of him that. I mean, he literally averaged 30 points mm-hmm. after the Sabonis trade. So, um, I'm excited. Been working in the gym. I'm very excited. Yeah, good to see him. Just, I mean, yeah, obviously he's going to work on his game in the offseason, but just to show that kind of, you know, it's – Davion we hear about every single piece of work that he does, but, you know, De'Aaron Fox is also in the gym putting in some damn good oh, yeah. work too. Sabonis too. I mean, I'm excited Sab- to see yeah. Sabonis with the lethal That shooter. jumper, yep. I'm jumper. excited to see it. Um, should we end with schedule talk? Do you have uh, any thoughts on the yeah. schedule was released? What was your initial react? I mean, again, the schedule. Yeah. I've seen so many reactions to it. First of all, let me just preface this with with why does the NBA do this? Why do they say the Lakers will play the Clippers on November thirteenth? Just release the whole schedule. Yeah. I don't care about that. I don't think anybody gives a damn about no, that. No individual games. No, don't care. Opening night. I care. I want to know what opening night is. I want to know who we're playing opening night. I want to know if it's a road game or a yep. home game. I care about that. Yep. The rest of it, just let us know. Um, what was your initial reaction to the Kings' opening stretch of games, which will be against Portland and the Clippers at home, Golden State on the road, Memphis on the road, and Miami at home? Those are the first five games of the year. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I did not go like game by game and try and figure out, like, oh, we're going to start you know, it looks like we can start four and fifteen or whatever. Um, I'm that far. No, I'm not looking that far ahead. I refuse. I will say it is. It does not look like an easy beginning for the Kings. <laughs> it um, sucks. It looks, it's honestly, it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It does not instill a lot of confidence that we can come out of the gates hot, um, which is very concerning because if you're going to start in a hole, which is how the Kings have started their past two to three seasons, I know for sure. At least the last two, they have obviously had playoff aspirations, and they've kind of been shot by how the Kings start. They always seems seem to start, um, you know, a couple games under five hundred, and then they're kind of just chasing that the rest of the year. Um, it's going to be tough for sure. I mean, you just listed Golden State, Miami, uh, Memphis, even opening the season against Portland, who's retooled, like, who's retooled, going to be ready. They have uh, uh, they just tr- traded for Jeremy Grant, obviously. Uh, Gary you know, Payton. They're they're not going to be probably as good as they'll be in the middle of the season as they're figuring things out. So maybe it is better to get a team like Portland. They're evenly early, matched, but um, yeah, it'll it'll be a good test to see how what level of compete they're going to be at. Whether or not they can actually beat these teams is going to be tough. Obviously, the Warriors, defending champions, the Heat are no slouches. Um, the Grizzlies are going to be good even without Jaron Jackson to start the season, I believe. Um, but it's going to be a good test to see, you know, when Sabonis did play last season, to me, that was the biggest difference. Just it really seemed like every game the Kings had a legitimate shot to win the game for at least three to three and a half quarters before the result kind of ended up playing out. Can they be that team, if not better, to start this season, to me, is going to be uh, what I'm looking for. That's that's kind of what I thought when I saw the, how the schedule starts. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really, again, like I said, we don't, we're not going to go through it and say, oh, I think they could win. I think that when you look at who they're playing, and I'm looking at it again, they don't really have a break in, no. in tough teams until they, I mean, they have San Antonio and Detroit. 
there in, in mid-November. Those are two games, and they go back to playing Memphis and Atlanta, Boston, Phoenix. They, there's not really a break here. I'm looking until January where they have a, a week where they played the Lakers, Orlando, Houston twice, the Spurs, OKC. Like, there's there's a break in January, but they, yeah. they, they we're calling it a break, like yeah. quote-unquote. That's like, two months into the season. By break, I mean yeah. – yeah. By break, I mean – Teams that aren't like weren't top three seeds in their conferences yeah. last year because they play the Warriors three times in the first month. They play Cleveland twice, who who really was looking like they were going to be um, a a different kind of team here in in the Eastern Conference. They play the Lakers, which who knows what the Lakers are going to be. Yeah, I am very low. I told you last year I was low on them. I'm lower on them yeah. this year. So um, they're going to have to come out of the gate and actually show that they belong. That to show that they're mm-hmm. going to be competing for a postseason spot at the gate, or they're going to fall flat. If we see the Kings team we saw last year, they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, and again, we're not going to go team by team, but this is a Western Conference that is pretty much 10 to 11 deep. And so, to your point and to the point I made earlier, they can't start off slow and you know be starting at the 12th seed and then trying to you know play the schedule game where it's like, Always trying to pick up a game they're against always somebody behind. else. That's always what like, they're doing. When are it, they going to come out and be in a position to yeah. be either in the pack or ahead of it? Yeah. I mean, that hasn't happened in almost no. 20 years now. Even in 06, when they made the playoffs, they were kind of like, they had to kind of dig out, dig themselves out of a hole. They, mm-hmm. they made the uh, Artest trade, and they went on a run. They were not in playoff positioning. So they've been playing behind for the better part of 17 years here. So uh, it'd be nice Eesh. if they, for once, can just get off to a... A legitimately good start. And they did in 2018-19. They did. So I guess I shouldn't say it's been 17, 16 years. I'm talking about, and I, we're not going to go through it. We keep saying that. But I want them <laughs> I want them to be 500 on Christmas. That's always like a point for me. Mm. Or at 500 or near 500 on Christmas. Because over the past couple of years, and there are over 10 games below 500, and it's the holidays, it just feels like it's over. It's I mean, over. Again, at that point, they're they're playing from behind, and they're trying to to make up games towards the end of the season, and then they end up kind of running out of games. And or what's happened the past couple seasons is, okay, they kind of come at a crossroads where it's like, all right, De'Aaron's hand is messed up. There's 15 games left. We're five games out. We can either kind of just tank this thing and try and get good spot or maybe bring De'Aaron back a little early. And, you know, that's kind of specifically what happened last year, but – uh, I think De'Aaron, that's how De'Aaron's past two seasons have ended, with him just kind of end up sitting the last 15, 20 games of the season because he's nursing an injury. Um, that can, They don't. They shouldn't even be in that position this year. I mean, they need to be in a position where they, they're, in, like you're saying, in control and, and not having to continually chase their own tail. Um, and the schedule has done them no good. I mean, this is... Like you said, I mean, it's the first two, three months are just brutal, and uh, they kind of don't get relief until, yeah, that January month, and at that point, the season might might be decided. Um, and there's also, you know, will will this team make trades in the middle of the year? Uh, what level of panic will they be at? Will Monty McNair have any more clarity on his job, uh, security? All of those things kind of, you know, are are – tied in to the team's results throughout the season. And, uh, you know, again, like they can't, they just, they just cannot put themselves in that kind of uh, situation. And, and it unfortunately looks like 
it's going to be an uphill battle in that sense. I mean, according to Tankathon, the Kings have the third most difficult uh, schedule in the NBA, behind only Oklahoma City and Houston. Wow. The NBA is trying. NBA is trying to build something in Oklahoma yeah. <laughs> City and Houston. Clearly, no, it's crazy. It's it's like looking at the lottery again because I'm looking at the top uh, strength of schedules. Oklahoma City is the hardest. Houston, Sacramento, San Antonio, Orlando, Portland, Indiana. I mean, where are all where are all the contenders? I mean, again, and the the schedule is not complicated for them because they are good teams. That's kind mm-hmm. of the way strength of schedule works. I mean, Milwaukee and Boston and Miami are at the bottom, and Golden State. Yeah, some of the best teams in the league. Um, some notes on the Kings' schedule. Uh, number of games where an opponent has more rest days than the Kings. Uh, Kings have the third, so they are thir- the third in that. So they're going to play a lot of games against teams that are more rested than them. Uh, the Kings uh, are last in teams having the same number of rest days. So the Kings, again, going to be playing teams that are a lot more rested. Um, the Kings are tied for the most back-to-backs in the NBA. Uh, the Kings are fourth in most distance to be traveled this season. They're in line to travel over 40,000 miles. And uh, what was the note you had about it? Was um, I can't remember. It was uh, – I thought it was that they have – like their opponents will be coming into the game less rested than the Kings will. I think I saw something like – like there's one good – those are all bad I just read. Yeah. But there's one good one where I think that they they are – it's like second night of back. They're going to play a lot of teams on the second night of back to backs. Yeah, I think. But more than not, they're the playing Kings teams have, that rest. I mean, I'm just looking. I'm looking with my eyes at the schedule right now, and you just kind of scroll through it, and you see a lot of back to backs for the Kings. So it's see, very interesting. You notice that the NBA is doing a lot of um, one city back to back games. Yeah, like there's there's a Denver Denver here uh, December 27th and 28th in Sacramento. There's Dallas Dallas. There's Houston Houston with a day in between. Um, there's OKC OKC with a day in between. There's a lot of these on I think everyone's schedule. I think the NBA is just kind of not because of COVID really anymore. I think they kind of just said this makes sense like how baseball does it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just kind of like they're already are, out there. Do we really need to send them out why there do you twice? Need to come back? Just knock it out. Yeah. It's just, and I kind of like that. I, I like the Kings don't have to go to, well, it's home games against Denver, but they have a road OKC. I prefer that they mm-hmm. just play OKC twice in a row. Also, if OKC is the OKC that we are expecting, mm-hmm. it's, it's ideal. Back-to-backs, yep. So, but then again, they do have Chet. They have Shy. I don't know. So Yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> who knows? Again, I'm not going to get in the game. I'm saying, on paper, <laughs> I prefer OKC back-to-back than, than Denver back-to-back. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, I don't know. I just I'm excited. Looking at this, it gets me excited. Just the possibilities. Um, how is there a game that you kind of are most excited for? Like, is there one that you look at and you go, "Oh wow!" Like they play or like a home stand. Is there anything that you look at and you say, "Wow, like I'm ready for that one"? Because I have a home stand. I'm looking at it's the biggest home stand of the year. That's what I'm like looking at. Late December, uh, they play Charlotte, the Lakers, the Wizards, Denver twice, and Utah. That's six home games in a row. Mm-hmm. I have my eyes on that. That's a good one. Uh, I'm looking at this uh, Atlanta. It's a couple weeks later in uh, in the start of January. The Atlanta Lakers, Orlando, and then back to back Houston, all at home. Uh, to me, there's quite a w- bit of winnable games, especially that Orlando double Houston stretch could be three straight, and then they play San Antonio. 
Lakers yep. again, and then OKC. That's like if the things stretch. are going well for the team, that could be a very, very big stretch that can put them in a position where maybe they can get a if, couple, a little bit of cushion. Yeah, if they're if hypothetically, because you look at their schedule from October through December, it's a buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, January. 500. If they can be 500 yeah. through that stretch. January on paper is a very, even even February. It really does open yeah. up in the second half for the Kings, but yeah. the first half is just, it's brutal. <laughs> you say that, but then they also, the way they end the season is pretty brutal. Oh, it's horrible. The Pelicans... Dallas on a back-to-back, uh, Golden day State, off, Denver. Golden State, Denver. So if the Kings Why need that? to close the season and really pick up some games, it's not gonna. Why it's they, not gonna be? Easy. Why do they do that? Like, they hate us. My note also, <laughs> what I was saying in my, on my desk a little bit ago, like why the hell do they put the Sacramento Kings in? I know it's the NBA and everybody has to play everybody, and it doesn't matter. It's either now or it's later. But why are the opening five games? Portland, the Clippers, and Warriors on a back-to-back. <laughs> Memphis and Miami. Why? Why can't the Kings play, um, I don't know, OKC? Throw a San Antonio in there. San Antonio. <laughs> the Lakers for, I don't care. Anyone that's not the Warriors in the, the Heat. The Clippers as well. I mean, the Clippers the are going to be they're gonna be ready. I mean, Paul George, Kawhi, John Wall, all ready to go. That's their second game of the season. They're I mean, unless you know they're taking a while chemistry wise, but getting the Warriors on a back to back after that is crazy. It's not. I fair. can't believe, and the Kings have three days off after that. It just it makes no sense to me. Yeah, just put the Warriors on that Monday. Just give them a day off. Put them on the Monday, and then they wouldn't play till Thursday. One I don't thing, know. It doesn't make sense. I'm curious. I can look it up too. Do the Warriors have a back to back too? Because that makes if the Warriors play on Saturday too, that makes sense. Let me see. Because I I just really am confused why the Kings are getting the short end of the stick on everything. Uh, Saturday the twenty second. The Warriors, do, they don't play. So the Kings are going to just play a rested Warriors team. That, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, gearing up for the season. Gearing up. Um, do we want to end it here, or do we want to do one more segment? Um, we can we can push that segment to a different I think episode. We, I we think want. we should save that for another day. I think, for sure. I think it's just kind of just getting our feet wet yeah. again. Sorry yeah. about the hiatus, everybody. It's been a very dead period. Uh, I was at home watching uh, watching the boys right now. Got into the boys. I thought you were talking about the Yankees when you said the boys. No, you well, literally mean the Amazon series. I mean series, uh, the, the Amazon series, the boys. I was watching the Yankees. They've been the worst team in sports uh, for a while now. And uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I'm watching. I know you started the uh, Game of Thrones, Thrones spinoff. I think everyone's watching that. that. Uh, Is it as good as Game of Thrones? Or Yeah, they're definitely yeah. – yeah, it's like the same writers, same everything. No, I think it's different writers, uh, different showrunners. I think it's different everything. It's just uh, the problem that Game of Thrones came to last time was uh, once they ran out of source material. Like once, so obviously, like the big thing is George R. R. Martin's writing these books called is Game of Thrones. St- is he still writing them? Yes, yeah, so he is still writing them. So he has not finished the book series in which Game of Thrones is based on. So once they reached the point where George George's books had stopped and hadn't finished, that's where those like last two or three seasons is where it kind of fell got, off the rails. Kind of got like a little gray. So this entire show has already been written. Like that story has been told. You can watch YouTube videos on what the story is and all that stuff. So the story has already been written. It's been outlined. It's, that's where they thrive is like just being able to fill in the gaps and 
obviously. So, yeah, it's, so you, it's you, great. And you watched all of Game of Thrones, correct? I did, yes. Okay. I think I have, I've seen it twice. I have still not watched it, but it's on my very I mean, uh, I obviously will recommend list. it to anybody, but uh, with the caveat of, like, you definitely might not like it. Like, it's... It's I'm, just a lot. It's a lot of focusing, and as just, someone who loves TV, I am very aware that, like, it's hard for people to really, like, lock in, especially for 70 hours of content. Yeah, like, it's just it just depends on what it is. You know, like, I'm not very big into, and I have one of my, my, my best friends is completely into, like, it's like cat the castles, the dragons, swords. Is it called fan? Is it fantasy? Is that the genre fantasy? Yeah. I don't know if this is, yeah. is, it, is it. Is it? No, I think is it's. It, I think it is it fantasy. fantasy? Like Lord so, of the Rings, yeah. and he was a huge Lord of the Rings Hobbit guy. Oh, it's about so, to be a wrap for that. My girlfriend loves Lord of the Rings. I enjoyed it. I watched them all for the first time last year, and I enjoyed them. I just I don't still love I don't love the genre. I like things to be more modern. Um, and not with dragons and stuff, but you're a big A24 guy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, A24, the North, yeah, the Northman came out. So my buddy yeah. and I, like, we're going to see. It. We saw the Northman. It was good. It was cool. Um, I haven't seen The Witch. I don't know if that's oh, the same era. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's so. not the same. I don't think genre. So, no. Well, the Northman is. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I uh, I have not watched it yet. But I yeah, I, I finished Better Call Saul. I watch like, I watch shows mm-hmm. like that. Allie and I yeah. are watching. Succession. She's never seen it. Oh, I need to finish it. Me it's and, so we, good. We stopped because I was like, <laughs> the new season doesn't sh- like air until I think twenty twenty three. They're filming it right now. And so, which I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, I've, I'm, I'm just like, dude. So many, I can't wait that long. I hate to say this. But so many like old like actors have been <laughs> mostly Italian mobster like movie act, which is making yeah. me sad. Like Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, Polly Walnuts, like all these guys from these shows. Um, that I, in movies I used to watch uh, are passing away because they're, they're getting older. Yeah, I I worry for you know Logan, Logan Logan Roy. I mean, I, I God, I hope he's I was I yeah. I worry about these shows that have old actors because I mean I don't know. <laughs> you I never just, know. Knock on wood. This is a horrible conversation. <laughs> I'm just like it's a it's a fear that I have. I mean, we're all we're all, we're all gonna go at some point. We're all going. It's just like let's I've, just hope it's not mid season. Hey, just film know? the yeah. season first. <laughs> just no, get, at least get his shots done first. Well, it's it's it's. What happened with Harry Potter when we were kids? Didn't Dumbledore? Yeah, Dumbledore died, died uh, and I think that was it. Late, I think like right after the show finished, uh, Adam Rickman, who plays Snape, Alan Rickman, yeah, he 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 died as well. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died during uh, filming uh, Hunger Games, the last Hunger oh. Games, and he'd filmed like almost all of his scenes. Did you know the original voice of Shrek? Who the original voice of Shrek was, and he filmed like ninety percent or uh, recorded ninety percent of his dialogue was. Can I guess? You, I, mean, I, I don't know how well you know guess. comedy actors, but... Oh, I was going to say James Gandolfini. No. I was just thinking, no, like, timeline-wise. Well, he died in 2013. Is it really that recently? Yeah. Wow. See, I watched he, Sopranos until last year, year, though. 2013 was nine years ago. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, it's not Shrek Mike Myers. Like, That's what, oh, f- it's like, no, it's like, 90, it's like 99 or 2000. No, there's no way. No, I, I swear Bro, to God. No, there's no way Shrek came out in 99. Shrek 2 came out in 2004, so I'm already off to a bad start. Uh, Shrek came out 2001. 2001. So yeah, I mean they were probably working on production in 99. So the the, the main actor that was supposed to be Shrek, or voice Shrek, was Mike Myers. Let's go with I have no idea. Owen think, Wilson. Uh, SNL. <laughs> think think, think SNL. Someone who's it's someone not who Will di- Ferrell. Someone who died. Oh, was it Chris Farley? It's Chris Farley. Wow. Chris Farley. He did the whole. You can find it on YouTube. There's a whole. Video of him with his audio, mm-hmm. and it just sounds like it. Just it would have been funny, probably still, but it just he's a little more goofy. 
Yeah, it just and he was talking like, like himself. Yeah. Whereas Mike Myers literally like he recorded yeah. the whole movie and then he went back and said I want to do it in a Scottish accent. And then that's how we got Really? Shrek. Didn't know yeah. that. Wow. Otherwise, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So um we don't have to keep talking about actors wow. that are dead. Get Shrekt. Get Shrekt. <laughs> Shrek is love. Uh, uh yeah. How do we start talking I think about we are good. This. I think I think we're good. How did we get here? Uh so shout out all of the Shrek fans out there. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, no, I no, mean I we think should. we're just back on. I think yeah. we'll probably just do one a week. Uh maybe maybe, maybe again two. this week. Yeah, maybe maybe. Like, maybe maybe Thursday we'll hop back on. Yeah, again. we'll see. Maybe we'll get into two a week because that's that's what uh That's the know. trend, right? Yeah, we got the season coming back. I noticed that there's another podcast that's going twice a week right now. And that- uh boy do I pray for those boys. Because oh. <laughs> that's all that's been a lot of content that I just ooh, I like I'm not gonna lie, you've we've had this break here. I've I haven't loved it. I'm not gonna say I've loved it, but boy, oh boy, have I not been envious of not recording. No. Is that right? Or of that, recording. I have yes. I've not been envious of recording. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like for sure like this we did not need to record. You know, Well, like, I mean, how much you had a Jeremy Lamb thing tease which is <laughs> yo, like that is never coming. It's never coming out. I was out. thinking about that. That's just never coming out. It was I don't gonna, want to talk about Jeremy Lamb anymore. No, we and don't like, need we, to talk about Alex Lamb. Be- before my leave, like we had a roster. We we can continue the roster like uh Give me more like they give me previews now. We'll do previews uh, maybe for next year. But like, I don't need time. to. We don't need to talk about. Um, I just wanted to do Jeremy Lamb. The whole thing was going to be that we did like a draft instead. Instead of actually talking about Jeremy Lamb, I wanted to do a draft of like sports athlete, athletes whose names were animals. That was the, and then the the morning the show. But then the morning show did it. Yeah, they stole they did. It from us. They did kind of steal during the you know, Obviously, Larry Bird, Mike Trout, yeah, Jeremy Lamb. Um, uh, there's Tim Salmons. Tim just Salmon. you know, it's kind of a fun game. You know, you just get surprised at like, yeah, I don't know. Does Coco like Crisp? An... We were like, does that count as a food? That should count. His name's literally like a cereal. Yeah, well, it's like a cereal. Yeah, Deer and Fox. I know. I was, that was the ob- yeah. that was the obvious that was the one that I keep. One that it's like one place for the team that yeah. we cover. We can't <laughs> even think about it. Uh, yeah. So that was going to be the Jeremy Lamb episode. Sorry, well, you guys never got that. It would have been golden content. Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, he's on a team, by the way. He's a free agent still. Probably won't. He apparently just had a ch- uh, his first child. I think is what I read. So he might just be wanting to be a yeah. He got. I think right. he got some checks during his career. Right. We had to wait for Kevin Durant to get signed. Oh, that's yeah, right. People yeah, are like, yeah. we miss out on Kevin Durant. Yeah. It's time, to bring, time to bring in Jay Lamb. Bring in the lamb. The lambster. Bring in the lambster. Uh, for sure. All right. Well, that's we're good. We're good on this episode. We'll be back in a couple days. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple days. Thank you all for listening. I hope you guys uh, didn't miss us too much, and I hope that we still have a fan base after not recording for a month and a half. Uh, thank you all. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe. I don't know what else whatever you can you want. do. Whatever you, whatever you want. Whatever you feel. You do whatever you want. Um, and you know what? You did a great job today, Frank. Thanks, man. You killed it. Gotta go ice Glad up. to have you back. Yeah, I gotta go ice gotta up. Go ice up. Uh, take take a nice bath and uh, be ready for Thursday. Be ready for Thursday. Well, Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye bye.